Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Welcome to Radio Islam. This is your host, Tariq el and we are broadcasting on WCEV 1450 AM, and we're streaming at WCEV1450.com. Now, for those of you who have not done so already, make sure you are connected to us on social media. So follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You'll find us at Radio Islam USA. And also, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, and TuneIn. And you'll find us at that same username that is at Radio Islam USA. All right, Radio Islam family, we are pleased to have joining us by phone today, Asia Nasir. She is the Chief Empowerment Officer of Jessica Cares. Uh, she formerly spent 27 years in the banking industry. She's also the CEO of Utopian Enterprises. Now, as far as Jessica Cares goes, let me give you the acronym, what this what this actually stands for. It's Journey to Becoming an Extraordinarily Strong, Successful Individual with Courageous Aspirations. It focuses on the en enriching of the lives of teen girls and women. Their mission is to eradicate the negative thoughts that precede negative behaviors by virtue of empowering young ladies and women one positive thought at a time. Welcome to Radio Islam, Sister Asiya. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullah. How are you? I'm doing well. Alhamdulillah. I am doing well. And uh, I'm, I'm just excited to to have our listeners who, this, if this is their first time hearing about uh, you and your leadership and the work that you do. So uh, where do we start? Um, Jessica cares. Well, first, let me ask this. You, you spent 27 years in the banking industry and then have made the shift from a for-profit, um, uh, I guess, for-profit model into the nonprofit world. How did that come about? Well, in worked in the banking industry as long as I did and being in uh, business development aspect banking, I was able to, you know, um, meet different business owners, some of them for-profit, some of them nonprofit. And part of being in the banking um, industry, we always had to participate in a lot of community initiatives. And so it gave me the opportunity to work at domestic violence shelters, to work at different, you know, areas of where um, we were able, I was able to find myself in a position of empowerment in helping other women or young girls. And that's where I found my passion. It was like, this is where I'm supposed to be. And so it just so happened to be in the nonprofit world. And so that's how I made that transition. But I actually did, uh, I launched Jessica Cares while I was still working at the bank for six years. Because we've been in existence now almost nine years. Oh, wow. And uh, for the first six years of it, I was working full-time still at the bank while uh, doing Jessica Cares uh, part-time. And then uh, about two and a half years ago, I fired my boss and I started uh, working, <laughs> <laughs> doing Jessica Cares full-time. Mm -hmm. Now, was that was there any trepidation um, with that move to fire the boss? Uh, you know, because a, a lot of people, you know, the, you feel this draw towards uh, those things that you're passionate about, especially if you feel like it's making a difference uh, in the lives of others. Mm -hmm. But it mm -hmm. it often comes back to how we see how much we believe in ourselves and how how, how much do we actually think that it's possible to do what we're passionate about on a full time basis? Initially, initially, I think it was, you know, I think anytime you're, you're so used to that steady, you know, paycheck, mm -hmm. you know, you, 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 you like, okay, what am I going to do? Is this, is this something that I can do? But, and you know, when I, as I mentioned before, when I started, uh, Jessica cares, I was not Muslim mm -hmm. at the time. And I taken my Shahada and uh, four years ago, and I remember, 
Uh, the day that I took my Shahada, I actually, um, my first dua to Allah was that I wanted to be used by him. Mm. I wanted to be used by him. And the minute I took my Shahada and I made it known to my employer that I was now Muslim, I started to have a lot of issues with my direct supervisor. And, you know, I, I'm a, a firm believer that, you know, when when Allah shows you something and you're not getting the message, he's going to continue to show you that this is not where you belong and it took, you know, because he wants to remove you from it. Mm. And in my journey as a Muslima and drawing closer to Allah and learning more about, you know, how the, the, the how Allah really is in control, having that tawakal, that trust, that full trust in Allah, Allah is Arazak. One of his names, one of the beautiful names of Allah is Arazak, meaning he is our provider. Mm -hmm. So, you know, leaving my job, it was like Allah has already decreed what money I'm going to make, how much I'm going to make. It's just from what, 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 where he's going to facilitate that. Either it could be my corporate job or it could be through Jessica Cares. So I just had that full belief that he was, you know, this situation at my job was no longer conducive to, to where Allah wanted me. And I made that dua to be used by him. And I already had the conduit of Jessica Cares. And Allah was like, okay, this is this is how I'm going to use you. And I had to trust that Allah was going to actually provide for me. And alhamdulillah, he has. He has helped me. And when I first um, left the corporate world, I had one chapter. Now I'm I'm in Jersey. I'm in Delaware. We're in Philadelphia. We're in, um, we have traveled to Texas. We're about to go to Maryland. So Allah has just expanded because of that trust in him. So when Allah says when he removes, he replaces it with better, mm. that is the absolute truth. Mm. Mm. Now, you know what? You could actually, I mean, you'd be doing yourself a disservice. I'm talking to you all who are listening. You'd be doing yourself a disservice if you will walk away, to walk away from the radio right now, if you were turn off the podcast right now. But you would walk away with a gold mine, <laughs> just, just in that right there. <laughs> so, alhamdulillah. So uh, this is, this is uh, speaking directly to something that I can say that I have uh, borne witness to you, uh, being able to follow you on uh, the LinkedIn social media platform, uh, in, in that you often address uh, eradication of negative thoughts. You know, there's a mm -hmm. there's a, a lot of positivity. Matter of fact, if there's anything that I would say I would associate with you, it would be positivity. Uh, but in this and and your focus group being working with uh, teen girls and women, what give us an overview of how you approach uh, this mission, this 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 tremendously important and and broad uh, mission. How do you do that with regard to uh, attacking those negative thoughts that? really keep us from doing the things that Allah has empowered us to do? Mm -hmm. Well, our, our, um, if you speak to any of our students, uh, whether the women or the young girls, the very first class that I have with my, with my students is we talk about what the expectations are of me and my expectations of them. And if we do what we are expected to do, what the results will be. And there's two things that I always mention to them, and that is transparency and authenticity. Mm. Mm. Those two things are major. I mean, we can sit here and we can talk on the surface. We can, you know, do the social media thing and just put out what we want people to know. Or we can get to the root of the problem. We can peel the onion and get to the root of the problem. 
and actually grow from the process. And then I'm a firm believer that you lead by example. So I share my story. I share my journey um, that is very personal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I share it with them to show that had it not been, although it was difficult, although there was a pain to it, just like in anything with your body, when your body's growing, they have what's called growing pains, right? It's mm-hmm. because it's, it's stretching. When you stretch yourself, yes, it may be a little painful, but the end result is what's most important. So whatever little pain that you have to go through in order to get to the other side, it's worth it. So leading by example, and then all of our classes, we have um, a self-reflective moment. So whether it's through the exercises, so we always have worksheets, or we always have just that reflective moment where it's like, okay, based on what we discussed, how is that going to impact you? What changes are you going to make? Not next week, not next month, not New Year's. What are you going to implement right now, even if it's one thing what are you going to implement right now to make positive change? And so it forces the person to have to look at their current situation, their life, and in the capacity in which they can do it and say, well, what can I do to make change? Because it doesn't matter what your situation is. You have the ability, and Allah has given us the choice, which is probably one of the, his only creation that has given freedom of choice, to make the choice to say, I am going to make a change. I'm going to change. I'm going to make positive change either towards Allah, either towards, you know, developing self, whatever it is. And so what's the first step? And it's like that pebble, even though the pebble might be small, that's dropped in that pond, it has such a huge ripple effect. Mm -hmm. And that's all it needs. You just need to start somewhere. So where do we start here? And then, you know, for our, 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 you know, belief, our faith knows that shaitan whispers to you. Shaitan will let you think that all of the negative things that you think about yourself is who you are. Mm-hmm. And we know that shaitan is a liar. That's right. So if, if you refuse to listen to what he says, then look at all of the beautiful things that Allah has given you, the gifts, the talents, and skills. What are you going to do with that? How are you going to show your gratitude towards that? And so when we peel the onion of where's the root, where's this, where are these negative thoughts even coming from? Is it from you? Is it society? Is it social media? Is it uh, trauma from your childhood? And if whatever it is, then let's deal with that so that way we can move forward. Well, let, let me ask this, Sister Asia. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that J, right, and what you're speaking to, it, it brought me back to the J, right, the journey. Uh, and in mm-hmm. a culture where we have become Absolutely. much more associated with having things instantaneously, right? Yes. Being able to get stuff when we want it, how we want it. Um, mm-hmm. Talk about the, the, the importance of that journey. Because I, I did hear you mention this. You said you start out with one chapter, and now you have multiple uh, chapters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'd mm-hmm. like to hear you. Please expound on that a little bit. And that's, that's, that's such a great point that you brought up because that's what we do discuss with the girls. It, you know, change, positive change is not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen overnight. You know, when, and, and when I'm speaking with um, my, my Muslim students, because I teach Muslim and non-Muslim students, mm-hmm. but when I'm speci- specifically speaking to our Muslimas, I share with them, when you look at the Sahabas, right? Mm-hmm. When the Sahabas learned of Islam, they took ayats in the Qur'an. They didn't read the whole Qur'an. They took sections of, you know, they, they, they did uh, several ayats, and they pondered on those ayats. And then what they did with the ayats was, let me start implementing what it is that I learned. 
And once it became a part of who they were, then they moved on. So it was a journey. It wasn't like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm this, this ideal Muslim. No, it was a journey. They took their time. They did what was necessary to be able to work on self in order to draw closer to Allah. No different here. It's no different in my program. It's a journey, and we never arrive because we're imperfect beings. Mm-hmm. So it's always going to be a journey. We, we have a common enemy that is always looking to, to attack us. You know, the, the, the Prophet told us, he said that when you forget about shaitan, shaitan never forgets about you. Mm-hmm. So it's a constant journey. We have to always be aware of, you know, our vices, what, what, what our triggers are, and that is being self-reflective. And so it's a constant journey until Allah takes our soul. Mm. So, it, you know, it's, it's a journey of always bettering ourselves. And some days shaitan may get the best of us, and some days we get the best of shaitan. What our goal is to try to have more days of when we get the best of shaitan and draw closer to Allah. But that's a journey. It's not something that happens overnight. This is not a microwave and, you know, uh, you, you take your shahada or you're born Muslim and you're automatic, you know, ideal Muslim. No. We have imperfections that shaitan is going to play on, and our job is to use the, the tools, the Qur'an, the sunnah, and, and classes and things like that in order to combat and counter, counter-attack what shaitan is bringing our way. Hmm. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Um, beautiful point. And uh, there's a, a, a phrase, there's a quote that comes to mind. Um, it says, a nation can rise no higher than the uh, condition of its women. And Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when I think about you working with Muslim and uh, uh, non-Muslim women and and girls, um, now, are are you working with them in the same setting or is it or or, or is it separate settings? Um, It's separate. Um, Yes, it is. It is definitely separate because the the issues that our, our teenage girls are dealing with is very different from what our mothers are dealing with. Right. Um, we do have mother-daughter workshops. You know, we do have mother-daughter workshops where we, we bridge the gap um, between the two. But we definitely have sisters' uh, classes, and then the girls have their classes. But among the girls um, or the or the women, are, are they are they mixed um, the demographic? You know, is it you have Muslims and non-Muslims in the same class? Sometimes it depends on um, you know uh, what we're doing. Um, so sometimes when we have mother-daughter uh, workshops, that'll be interface. We'll have both. And, um, you know, sometimes when I'm doing uh, like job readiness uh, uh, classes or entrepreneurial classes, mm-hmm. um, those classes are usually interface. But then I specifically have because our faith comes first and foremost. And I have specific classes that we work just exclusively with our, our Muslims, both young and, and, and seasoned. Mm. And I ask those questions um, really just thinking about the impact of having uh, people of different faiths. In this, in this case, we have, you know, Muslims and non-Muslims, uh, whether they be mm-hmm. uh, Christian, you know, whatever denomination of Christianity mm-hmm. or Buddhist or whatever. Uh, but just mm-hmm. to talk about the importance of being sensitized and exposed uh, to one another, even if it's not even if the, the, the framework is not religious in nature for that particular class, mm-hmm. but just simply that the power of association uh, and, and seeing value, especially coming from you um, as mm-hmm. the, you know, as the lead where there is a, there's a value that's placed with mm-hmm. the faith that you, that you represent. Mm-hmm. It absolutely um, is. It, it, 
what it does when when it, it allows us to be in an interfaith situation, the majority because I am a, a, a Muslima, mm-hmm. because I am a, 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 I subscribe to the faith of Islam, people automatically gravitate towards well, she obviously has she's faith based to right. a certain extent, yeah, because she's Muslim, she carries herself, she you know you know the minute you see me, I'm in hijab, I'm covered, mm-hmm. so there's a a certain a type of women that you attract because of that. So whether they're Muslim or non-Muslim, I usually find women who are very faith-based in whatever religion they subscribe to, whether it be Christianity uh, or, or, you know, Islam. Um, I find women that are usually some attachment, some strong attachment to their individual faith. And what I do in my classes is I find the commonality. I mean, all the books are divine by Allah. Mm-hmm. You know the 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 the, the Injil, the Torah, and and um, the, the the Quran. They were all divine um, books from Allah. So what I find is the commonality in in all of those uh, books, and then find you know that's what we can that's what we can agree on. That's mm-hmm. what we can you know uh, find that we are united in, and that is what's going to help us grow. And it gives me an opportunity. Alhamdulillah, because a lot of times we just speaking to the as as the saying is you talk, you're, you're preaching to the choir. Right. This allows us to be able when we have those interfaith situations. It does two things. One, it breaks down stereotypes, especially for us as Muslims. So many people with what's happening around the world and the the the, the political you know climate that we're in right now. A lot of people have a lot of misconceptions about Islam, what we believe, what we don't believe, what we stand for, and so this opens up a dialogue in an environment that is welcoming. We have we we found the foundation of what we share common you know uh, faith uh, beliefs. And so this allows me now to ask the question that maybe I would not have asked if not put in this setting. So for one, it, it, it breaks down the stereotype. Two, it allows us to give da'wah. Mm. Because make no mistake about it, I always talk about the Qur'an. Because I want people <laughs> to understand what is that. in the Qur'an. Right. Regardless of what you might hear, here you're hearing it from a Muslim woman. Here you're hearing it from someone who, who continues to study, alhamdulillah, continues to study. So you're going to hear truly what the Qur'an has to say, what our, our religion teaches us. And so that's giving da'wah. And then I let Allah take care of the rest because who knows where that is going to take whoever's in the room. That could be the, my next sister in Islam. Mm. Mm, alhamdulillah. So, uh, talk a bit about victim mentality versus empowerment, because the goal being to um, to make uh, these teen girls and women feel a sense of accountability and responsibility for their mm-hmm. for for the outcomes in their life, uh, mm-hmm. and and that's often hampered by you know past traumas or circumstances we mm-hmm. feel are beyond our control uh, what, what are your how how do you approach that how do you approach getting folks to the point where they feel empowered when they feel empowered is when their validation no longer depends on what other people think only two things matter what does the law think and what do you think and what do you know of yourself mm. when you can get to a point where you are at peace with regardless, you know, with people not liking you and you're saying, but for the reasons that you don't like me, you, what are the reasons that you don't like me? Is it because I, I, I stand for my, my faith? Is it that I stand for what is right? Do I speak, do I, do I uh, speak truth to power? If, if those are the reasons that you don't like me, I can live with that. 
I can look myself in the mirror and I can sleep very well at night. Mm -hmm. So when you can become, you know, uh, accountable in the sense that, well, yes, I do care because we, we have to interact with one another and I do have a higher responsibility that I don't only represent myself, I represent my faith. But when you're able to to not feel um, less than because this person doesn't like you or this person no longer wants to be your friend or this, this, you know, this man tells you that he doesn't want to marry you because you want to stand on your faith and you're not broken because of it. That's empowerment. Mm. You can stand on your own and say, these are my standards and I'm not compromising them for anyone. This is what Allah says is what I, how I'm supposed to live my life. And that's not, that's not negotiable. And I'm okay with being me. Mm. And when you're okay with you, when you can love and like you, you can give love in a healthy way. You can like other people who also have differences. They may not look like you. They may not believe like you. But I can still be in a healthy interaction with this person. Why? Because I'm healthy within. That's empowerment. Mm, indeed. Indeed. Um, one of the things I think we see more now today than ever uh, with regard to empowerment, uh, with regard to people feeling a sense of agency uh, that's playing out in the public space is the number of nonprofit organizations that are being uh, founded, that are starting up and whether they're mm -hmm. social service, whether they're uh, advocacy, uh, whatever area they happen to uh, to, to, to operate in um, we see that there is a there's there's a sense of, you know, I want to be a part of the change. But with that, it's its own it's its own uh, its own world. All right. It's its own, its own mm -hmm. ecosystem that if you don't know how to properly navigate that. Uh, so mm -hmm. I hope I smoothly segue into one of the other areas that you also work in as the CEO mm -hmm. of Utopian Enterprises. Um, mm -hmm. Could you talk a bit about. Um, the services you provide through that, since it's directly related to nonprofits and that sense of agency. Right. Um, so what I do is um, there's a lot of pitfalls that a lot of nonprofits fall into um, because they just don't have the know how or they were, you know didn't know. And I'm I'm a firm believer that ignorance is not bliss. So <laughs> yeah. um, Utopian Enterprise is a nonprofit consulting. I mean, I, I can do consulting for all type of entrepreneurship, but I specifically wanted to focus on, because that's where my passion is, mm -hmm. um, focus on those that are looking to evoke positive change in their community, whether it be in their masjid, the schools, where they live, um, to evoke change and to be more efficient at it. Um, you have a lot of um, grassroots nonprofits that they have, beautiful missions and visions and ideals that they want to bring to the table, but they don't have the resources and they don't know how to put it all together to be able to work efficiently, to be able to accomplish their, their ultimate goal. And so my job um, is I offer consulting uh, to those that are either looking to aspire to become a nonprofit. What are the steps that you need to take in order to become, you know, to do things efficiently and be able to work in a way that your your end your end goals can be can be met, can be accomplished. And then we also help existing nonprofits. Sometimes you just need to a recap and and come back and get back to basics um, to see what what's happening. What you're at a standstill. What's going on? What's happening with the nonprofit? 
and where where are areas in which you need to improve on. And so I do that by either working directly with the CEO or executive director. Um, I also uh, work with consulting with working specifically with the board of directors because a lot of the breakdown happens because the board of directors are not cohesive. They're not on the same page or the board members don't even know what their responsibilities are Mm. as a board member. Um, And then we also deal with um, consulting with um, doing empowerment workshops for their volunteers and helping them be able to not only obtain volunteers, but to retain and, and, you know, keep their their, their volunteers, which is the heart of any nonprofit. Um, We do fundraising tips on how to establish uh, fundraising, uh, obtain your 501c3 application, what is the process, how to go about it. We do literally classes where we do step-by-step, line-by-line, and helping them be able to process that that tedious um, application. So we help uh, the the nonprofit pretty much in any areas that they're struggling in or that they feel they're struggling in, and we help them take it from point A to point Z. Mm, Full-service shop. Right, right. (laughs) So, I mean, we're looking at systems thinking. Right, right. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. So we do one-on-ones or we do, you know, uh, group uh, workshops with, you know, we could do it with the staff, we can do it with the volunteers. Um, and so we, we have, you know, we have the a la carte kind of thing yeah. or we have where, look, this is this is where I see. So with all of my clients, I have an initial consultation with them just to get an idea of where they're at, why are they contacting me? Mm-hmm. And then I give them my suggestions as to what I think we should do. And sometimes I work with them for three months straight. And if we feel that we need more time, then we'll extend that time. Um, but, you know, I give them a proposal of what I think we need to do in order to get to where it is that they want to go. Mm. This is a wow, that that is uh, that is tremendously uh, impressive, not just in a sense of and I'm not saying impressive because of <clears throat> because of one particular thing, but because of all those things. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when you think about the, the nonprofit uh, sector and all the pitfalls, uh, it, it's it's probably a lot more attractive as a, as a vision for folks who think that I'm just going to change the world. I'll start a nonprofit and, right. and, and, you know, and I go from here to there and they, they cancel out the journey. They cancel out all of the, um, the, the growth or the, the, the steps that they have to take in order to be, uh, functional, uh, you know, right. and successful. So I, I think that, yeah, that's why I say that's that's impressive uh, to me to hear all of that articulated and in to be one taken, vision. You said go go say that again. Taken seriously. Oh yeah. And to be taken seriously as a nonprofit. The more the more professional you are, the more efficient you are in doing things. Those who have the funds to be able to support your nonprofit, mm-hmm. they can respect that and they're more willing to give funding to you because they see you have all of your ducks in a row. They see that you cross all your T's and dot all your I's. They see that you are functioning, operational, and they, you're transparent. Here's where everything is. All of my paperwork is here. You can review anything that you need, but then you have where... Um, those that are in a position to be able to help you financially will be more willing to do that because you are efficient in what you're doing. And so that's, that's what I try to do is get, get the nonprofits, especially the grassroots who have so much potential it because they're grassroots, they need a little assistance in being able to, to get the efficiency portion of it, you know, a little more streamlined. And then once they get there, I mean, the, the, the ball is in their court at that point, you know, they can, they can get a lot of support behind them. Mm. 
Now, when it comes to your work with Jessica Cares, do you find an, an overlap uh, with uh, your work with Utopian Enterprises? <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and, and by that, by that, I mean, do you find that with the, uh, the, the the teens and the women that you're working with, that you're identifying folks who have that same type of uh, drive and they and they have something to offer and they could offer it within the you know, within the, the, the form of a nonprofit? Absolutely. Um, I have, we, um, we just completed a non, uh, an entrepreneurial series with several of my students, um, some for-profit, some nonprofit, and they are actually working their business right now. Um, oh, so they, they have, absolutely. So, you know, the first thing again, and that's why I start with the empowerment piece of changing the mind. Once you change the mind, the faculties will follow. Mm. Everything else follow. Once you get the negativity out of your mind that you can't do this, you're not able to accomplish this because of your past, you'll never have this. Once you eradicate, you know, once you get rid of that, then the then the creativity that what Allah has really given you, what you have innately in you, mm. starts to blossom. And then it's like, okay, well, what do I do with all of these ideas now that I have? Now you have a now you have different options. Well, what is it that you would like to do? What is it that you want to accomplish? Okay, so now let's take the steps in order to be able to do that. So I had several students that literally went from just an idea mm-hmm. to now they they registered their business. They actually are now vending at places. They're actually getting a paycheck. They're putting on events. Um, and I'm so proud of my students, you know, for doing that. Um, just the other day, um, I was at a speaking engagement, uh, my book signing, and um, I was wearing something that one of my students made. <laughs> mm. Mm. Yeah. I'm sorry. We have to take a moment. Uh, this book, let's give, give us some info about the book. <laughs> <laughs> so you want me to tell you about the book? Please do. Please do. Yeah. Where folks so can the, go and, the, and what, it, what it's about and all of that. <laughs> so the book, um, I launched my first book uh, December of uh, 2018. So just the book has only been out for a few months. And the book is called Mirror, Mirror on the Wall, Who Am I After All? And it's a 10-chapter uh, book where each chapter, I, I very much mimicked it to how I run my classroom. So, again, um, the operative word in mirror, mirror on the wall, who am I after all? The operative word in that is I. Um, when we look in the mirror, the mirror shows you exactly what's there, blemishes and all. And uh, sometimes we want to fog up the mirror. We want to not look at the mirror. We want to mm. put on things to, 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 to not see what's really there. Um, and so this book um, goes back to what I was saying about the Sahabas, where they had to take each ayat that they were reading and implement it. So the 10 chapters that I have in this book, each of them have an exercise at the end of each chapter to make them reflective of what they just read. And now how am I going to implement what I just learned into my life? How is that going to transform and change my life? What reflective thoughts, what honest, authentic, you know, thoughts am I going to have here where I'm going to be able to make the changes? Um, And so uh, this is my opportunity to be able to reach students that I normally don't get to reach to Mm -hmm. um, because I'm here on the East Coast. So I have now readers and people who have experienced the Jessica Cares, you know, brand and culture that are in Texas and Florida and Atlanta, um, and now they're able to get just a, just a glimpse of, of, of what we do in our classrooms by being able to do that. So, And it's, it's something that, um, inshallah, 
I pray that whoever can make positive changes for their dean and towards Allah and just in, in their character, that um, Allah places that is my, my prayer, that Allah places that on my scale of good on the day that's going to matter the most for me. Amen. I mean, um, now, where where can folks get the book at? So it is on Amazon. So if they go on Amazon and either type in Dia Nasir or they type in Mirror, Mirror on the Wall, or after all, they'll see uh, the book. Um, you, if you're in New Jersey, uh, we're also now in a bookstore called The Source of Knowledge. Our book is, is there in the bookstore. And inshallah, uh, next month we are uh, on a book signing in New York and the New York bookstore, which is called Nicholas Bookstore, there uh, we're in discussion of having uh, the book also uh, being able to be sold there. So inshallah we'll be in New Jersey, New York, as well as Amazon. All right. Alhamdulillah. That is wonderful to hear. Um, now, there is an event uh, coming up that you're doing a collaboration with MBA mm-hmm. Muslims. Uh, a young Muslim of poetry contest. Could you tell our listeners a bit more about that? Well, actually, that is already ongoing. It's um, ongoing. What okay. happened? Yes. <laughs> so um, each, as I mentioned, um, this and this is with our Delaware chapter. Okay. So um, with they're currently in what's called the Ideal Muslima uh, uh, Empowerment Series, and one of the weeks, I think it was the seventh week. Um, yeah, it was seventh week. It was a working, uh, a writing workshop. And it was um, one of my goals is to be able, especially with the young girls, is to be able to help them find their voice. Um, again, it, it's lost with all of the chatter and social media and, you know, the, 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 the pressures of, of conforming. I want our girls to be able to stand on their own and be able to say, yes, I'm different and I'm okay with that, you know, um, or no, I don't stand for that. I don't stand for immorality or this. And they have a voice and to be able to give them a platform to be able to utilize that voice. So because it was in the month of February, I took, um, I took this opportunity to say, you know, we're celebrating. And actually it was the first week in March. So it was, it, piggybacking off of uh, Black History Month and it now being National Women's Month, I said, let's feature a specific woman. And this particular woman is not a Muslim. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the poet Maya Angelou. And her her mm-hmm. prolific poem of phenomenal woman, phenomenally, you know, phenomenally phenomenal woman, that's me. Yeah. I took that and changed it to phenomenal Muslima, that's me. So I just tweaked okay. it a little bit. And so I had our girls, and so we shared, you know, beautiful poetry. We talked about the women of Islam that were poetess, like Hawla bint al-Aswar, Nusaiba. These were women that were, although they were warriors and, you know, they were they were great women of Islam, they used their voice, they used their, their ability to articulate that gift that Allah gave them to be able to empower and inspire other people. And so, um, you know, we talked about that. And so the girls then, their assignment was they had to create their own writing workshop. Well, Sister Layla, Layla, uh, she saw this because she also, uh, we follow one another on social media. And she contacted me and she was like, we need to do something with NBA Muslims. And they contacted us and said, look, if your girls are writing a poem, why don't we make it a, a, a contest where, you know, the, we'll, we'll have a grand prize where the, the grand prize winner will get $50 and we'll publish their poem. So this just upped the ante for the girls, and the girls came in, and so last week they were able, they submitted their uh, their poems, and Brother Tarek, when I tell you, 
you give these young girls a platform, you'd be amazed at what you learn about our youth, what they think about, how they feel, what do they feel about being a Muslim. And there's no better way to help them and guide them than to know what's in the heart. And to hear what they were saying, it just, it brought tears. It brought mm, tears awesome. to my eyes to be able to hear how powerful their voice is. And they were able to hear themselves and see how powerful what they had to say. The message. I'm getting teary-eyed just thinking about it. Mm. Just how, how powerful their voice really is. And can you imagine you give them the confidence to be able to use that voice, the dawah that mm. can be used at school and in their communities, to give them that uh, permission to say yes, you have a voice and it needs to be heard. It you know it's just it's it's powerful. It's very powerful. Mm, and this... so this week, this Friday, mm -hmm. the winner of the contest um, will be announced. And so what we did was Jessica Cares is sponsoring a second and third place uh, winner. So the second place only the only the first prize winner will be published and win the fifty dollars. But the second and third prize winner. The second will receive $25, and the third winner will be $15. So it's just a way of saying we support you, and 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 we, we want to see more of this. I mean, we, we hear all the time of what children are not doing. And this, you know, our Muslims are taking their hijab off. And, yes, while that is happening, we need to reward our children for doing good. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm going to put it out right now. Um, I would love to have you come back on with the winners that first, second and third. Yes. And I would love to have them uh, recite their, their poem and oh, just to yes. have that, have have a conversation around it. Uh, this is, this is a true fulfill, a fulfillment of that mission of empowerment. Uh, so Alhamdulillah, it has been a pleasure. Alhamdulillah. They would, Oh my gosh. When they hear that, they're going to be so excited. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just, and this, mm -hmm. And this, brother Tariq, this is what I'm talking about. It, you know, the, you know, non-Muslims they say it takes a village, right? Mm -hmm. This is where they see, you know, the, the the community rallying behind their youth. Because when we first started this, one of the questions I asked them was, um, "Do you feel that you're understood?" And they said to me, "No. They feel that because they're young, nobody cares about what they have to say." So to be able to have MBA Muslims take this on, this project on, now to be able to have, you know, your radio station take this on, they, they again, you put your voice out there and look how, look how Allah rallies the, the right people around you. Hmm. You know, it's just a beautiful testament for yes, them to then grow their faith in what Allah is saying. You, you speak truth to power, Allah will, Allah will, will bring the right people to you. And Amen. Alhamdulillah, I'm, I'm so thankful. Alhamdulillah, thank you. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> oh, Alhamdulillah. No, thank, thank you. Uh, I, could not, I could not respond to what I'm hearing uh, in any other way. So uh, this, is, <laughs> this is wonderful work. Um, please let our uh, Radio Islam family know how they can uh, stay connected to Jessica, uh, Jessica Cares, uh, to Utopian Enterprises, to you, uh, any information that you can give to folks. Um, yeah, this is the time. Please, please do share. Okay, so for Jessica Cares, uh, you can contact me. Our website is www.jessicacares.org. On our website, you'll be able to see the different programs that we offer for both women and young girls. Um, you can also email me um, if you're looking to maybe have a one-day workshop because we do do those uh, one-day workshops. Um, you can reach me at jessica at jessicacares.org. 
That's, again, Jessica at jessicacares.org. Um, on our website, we have our social media uh, uh, buttons so that you can find us. Um, but Instagram, where, um, which is where most people follow, is jessicacares1, the number one. So it's jessicacares1, and uh, you'll be able to follow us. On Utopian Enterprise, we're currently on Facebook and Instagram and um, uh, Twitter. So to find Utopian Enterprise, where we have our workshops and different things like that, um, it is just that Utopian Enterprise Business Solutions. You'll find us on Facebook. Um, for Instagram, it's Utopian Enterprise. You'll be able to find us. And the same thing uh, for Twitter, it's Utopian uh, Enterprise Biz. Okay. And that's how you'll be able to find us um, and be able to follow us and, and see what we're doing, where our upcoming classes, webinars, and so forth. Well, alhamdulillah. Sister Asia, it has been a pleasure talking to you, and uh, we pray for your continued well-being and success in this I mean, uh, very important and critical mission that you've taken on through Jessica Cares. Uh, and look forward to, inshallah, talking to you soon and hearing from those three uh, brilliant young uh, Muslimas. Yes, yes. Alhamdulillah. Inshallah. I can't wait to talk to them. So inshallah, it'll be this Friday. We're supposed to receive who the winners are. And so I will reach out to you and let you know uh, that we have the winners and then we can, you know, go from there. So thank you so much again for that offer. Oh, alhamdulillah. It's been a pleasure. It's been great talking to you too. Likewise. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. All right, Radio Islam family, that was Asia Nasir. She is the Chief Empowerment Officer of Jessica Cares, the CEO of Utopian Enterprises, and author of Mirror, Mirror on the Wall, Who Am I After All? We're going to take a short break, but we'll be back in a moment. This is Radio Islam on WCEV 1450 AM.